Hello there. Week 7 of the NFL season is done and dusted. In the week when Mariota and his Tetons missed out on the chance to lose to the Chargers in overtime, whilst the Browns actually lost in overtime. Mahomes continues to set the league alight whilst Bortles is benched. Amari Cooper swaps not getting the ball in Oakland to dropping the ball in Dallas. Dirk Cotter forgets the rules and Justin Tucker misses. All this coming up this week in Bill Belichick's world. Hello and welcome to the Doghouse for the week seven review. My name is Johnny Frash, and with me, four and inches strapped back into his high chair. Uh, I'm firmly in charge this week. Joining me, the uh, aforementioned four and inches, uh, with Jimmy G, Griff, and the returning Gilo. Say hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> so. Um, we had a week off from watching the dogshit Raiders this week, but don't worry. There was the joy of seeing a recently unretired Derek Anderson lead the bullshit Bills. And uh, let me tell you, it, it doesn't go well. Spoiler alert. Uh, three teams that we uh, openly questioned last week continue to disappoint. So that's Bengals, Bears and Jags. And one team decided to finally show up and play as uh, they know they should. Broncos, I'm looking at you here. So, without further ado, should we get the complete classified results roundup with fourth and inches? Rudderless Cardinals, 10. From London, the Gopher 2 Titans, 19, versus Philip, undoubtedly better than Eli Rivers and his Chargers, 20. I'm reading that just as it's written. Yeah. I'm just going to see if my phone... Ring, ring. Oh, no, that's... Eli's Super Bowl history, okay, fine. <laughs> Patriots 38, Bears 31, Bills 5, yes, 5, Colts 37, Texans 20, the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars 7. <laughs> Lions 32, Dolphins 21, Vikings 37, Jets 17, the Cam Newton Show Panthers 21, the soon-to-be-former Super Bowl champions, Eagles, 17. Browns lose. <laughs> Saints, 24. Ravens, 23. The can't-win-away Cowboys, 17, versus the Redskins, 20. The Rams, 39. 49ers, 10. The Bungles, 10. The Chiefs, 45. And finally, on Monday Night Shite Fest... Giants 20, Falcons 23. Packers, Raiders, Steelers and Seahawks all on a bye. Okay, thanks Paul. Um, let's start to pick up um, over a few of the results, starting with the London game, for which four of us were in attendance. Uh, of course, Fourth Inches isn't allowed out to play. And uh, he missed an exciting finish to a close game. Uh, so did you, Gary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The the Chargers moved this is to true. The, the Chargers moved to five and two, the Titans dropped to three and four, and it all hinged on one decision from Mike Vrabel. So what do we think? Two decisions from Mike Vrabel. He tried it once and got <laughs> yeah. a penalty, and it's, that didn't work. And he tried it again, and it didn't work. And Gary got caught in the lose. <laughs> yeah, look, you know, I was on my way down. I thought I'd watch the extra point, Griff, um, and. Um, and yeah, obviously when they missed the first two-point chance, I thought there's no way 
after they've been given another shot. They're just going to take this to overtime, try and rely on the defence, and then, you know, try and win the game. Yeah, surely. No? That's what I thought. I, I don't agree with the call. It, I thought it was silly. And, but, okay, if you, if you are going to go and go for the two points, then you're on the one-yard line as well. You've got Derek Henry, you've got Dion Lewis, every game. why don't they run it? Well, I think, you know, how successful have they been in the red zone? You know, those two, not great this year. How many times is it Mariota that has to score touchdowns in the red zone? I think more to Jim's point, Derek Henry has never been using a two-point play by Tennessee, and they are uh, 0 for 7 on their last two-point attempts. So there wasn't much chance of them actually doing it. And like you guys, I actually agreed with the first attempt going for it, because he stated earlier in the year, was it week three or week four? They went went for it on fourth down in overtime and got it. This this was a game they, they shouldn't have been in and so I like the call because they shouldn't have been w- within a point of winning they went for it but when you don't get it the first time kick and go for overtime because the Chargers have been on the field for what six minutes at that point they were knackered get, get them in the game keep playing it's a coin toss away it's a better chance of winning so I like it the first time I don't like it the second time but we, we got to see a much better game than the week before the week before's game was crap it was rubbish, although this one was less hilarious, which is so it depends on. I think I think it was a good game. Um, it, it was a strange game in some ways because the Chargers scored their points very quickly, and the Titans, you know, normally you know Mariota when he was okay, you know, it was you know it was pretty exciting stuff. But it was you know from the Titans, it was pretty drab. There weren't many big plays, was there? They just you know, kind of rumbled it up the pitch a lot. They took so much time off the clock. So we were saying earlier, it's like, uh, I said this to a couple of people I've spoken to since since Sunday, it actually got to the point where suddenly you realised that the Titans needed a touchdown at a point to to draw the match. And it's like, how the hell did that happen? Because the Chargers, every time they had the ball, the Chargers were looking good. Like they scored two very quick touchdowns, probably to their detriment because they weren't taking enough time off the clock. But actually, the time of possession wasn't that different. It was 35 minutes for the Titans and 24 minutes uh, for the Chargers. So, it's not a massive difference. Five minutes difference. It's ten minutes difference, isn't it? Yeah, five minutes each way. No, take, ten, take, ten... Take the five minutes off the Titans and we've got to the Chargers. It's level. Yeah, so it's ten minutes, isn't it? Ten minutes of difference. That's quite a lot. That's nearly a whole quarter. So I think that you can't say that's not a lot of time of difference in time of possession. That's nearly a whole quarter extra with the ball. That's crazy. Was it two 75-yard touchdown passes? Yeah, 155. Oh, 155, 175 yard. That was the problem. Like you say, the Chargers scored too quickly. Um, also, it was the first time this season Dion Lewis has bothered to turn up for the Titans. 155 scrimmage yards, and he was easily their best player. Like It was nice to see him actually bounce off a few tackles. He dragged players. There was, was one play where he yeah, just kept bouncing off and kept going. It was quite reminiscent of him last year really yeah he looked really good but I would never have known that Taj Sharp put up 101 receiving yards in this game never in a million years would I have said Mariota had got a 100 yard receiver in that game anyone I think I I couldn't believe that (laughs) it's ridiculous that's his first career 100 yard game as well he had missed most of his first two years I think but still for somebody who wasn't at Wembley I watched the beginning Mike Carlson started talking and I stopped caring. <laughs> but I literally watched the first Chargers play and went, well, well this is going to be an absolute drubbing. And turned away, came back, turned the telly on, 55-yard touchdown. Well, this is ridiculous. This isn't going to be a game. And literally 
checked the score at the end and I nearly fell out my chair seeing that the Titans came back. So it must have been amazing to watch it live. I think, um, you know, let's just put it into context a little bit because I think we're being a bit harsh on the Titans' defence because we can say the Chargers look good but if you take out those two touchdowns, they scored six six points in in twenty five minutes. Jim, they had the ball for twenty five minutes. But they scored six points, so that meant they got to midfield quite smoothly, and then got then got held time yeah, and they time were again because they spent fifty three seconds scoring two touchdowns, and they spent twenty four minutes scoring six points. So they weren't great. No, they weren't great. Just it, like they're never great. But they weren't great because they didn't have Melvin Gordon. Yeah, that, that, that destroyed their, their plan for the team. He wasn't ruled out until like 20 minutes before the game. Yeah. I think Austin Eckler is a decent kind of deputy, but... He's a good change of pace. He's not someone you can lean on, as we found out at the weekend. Uh, but he, he did enough to, to chew some time up, but it, it killed their game plan. You know, what, Gil Gordon's averaging, what, one and a half touchdowns a week or something like that, you know? So that's the difference between them blasting the Titans off the field and not blasting the Titans off the field. Uh, the kicker, well... Chargers kickers are usually useless. Uh, I will not have you disrespecting our Korean friend. The Korean missile. That's right. I think you should have us all disrespecting him. Uh, Badly now 3 of 3 on field goals, 7 of 7 on extra points to start a career with the Chargers. Sturgis has already 13 kicks between week 1 and 5 on field goals and extra points. So he shouldn't be back anytime soon. <laughs> I, I, I will kind of come back on what I said in the run through of scores. Rivers this season has been very very good he's got the highest passer rating in the league at the moment he's technically the best quarterback in the league and all right i appreciate this is mahomes first full season and you know i I don't think rivers gets enough credit sometimes because he hasn't got a super bowl ring yeah that's fair i mean he's probably playing the best he's ever played in his career um probably the highlight for us in the game was just before the Chargers' first drive that first play Gary saying, don't like Rivers, he, he's shit, he's terrible. 75-yard touchdown bomb. Brilliant. And it was a brilliant throw as well. It was, yeah, a, really it was a good throw into completely busted coverage. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know. There are, there are quarterbacks that aren't seeing, aren't seeing that at the moment. Yeah, and I get that. And he threw a wobbly pass to a very open player, right? <laughs> so, brilliant. Well done. Um, so... Yeah, look, you know, Rivers is okay against bad teams. We all know that. Brilliant. Thanks. Um, <laughs> someone won a Super Bowl, won't win a Super Bowl. So uh, this team without Gordon is very average. And their wide receiver core is very average, which is why they only scored 20 points. Okay. So I don't I, think I, they've got enough. I, I don't, don't think they're going to have I enough. I don't think they are very average. I think they're a, they're a decent team. They're developing into a good team. They've lost two games this season against the Rams and against the Chiefs. Yeah, I did see some stat that, like, from a certain point last year, they've won the equal most games or whatever from week like eleven of last season or something. But that was when they were out of the picture. You know, this year they're you know they're starting okay. They'll get to the playoffs maybe because the AFC's poor. You know, it's when you've got to remember that these AFC teams play mainly against poor teams. More than the NFC teams do. Yeah, that is, that is true. Yeah, no. There's, and then there's they go against power. go up against good teams, and then they look all average all of a sudden. I know. I'm, I'm now. I'm very anti Rivers, but very anti Rivers. Like I said, he's he's look, technically he, the best quarterback in the league at the moment. Yeah, and I saw some stat that had him sort of like third in the race for MVP this year. But unless he wins the Super Bowl, he won't be the MVP. No, I can't see him being the MVP. And I, and I think it's, it's done on hype rather yeah. than actually how good. Yeah, and I think they will. Are. They potentially will go reasonably deep in the playoffs in the AFC. They could even get to the championship game of, of the AFC. 
but the Patriots and you know maybe the Chiefs will certainly be better and I think almost certainly the Patriots will knock them out Getting to a championship game isn't much of an achievement look at the Jags this season Yeah <laughs> Still an achievement <laughs> The Jags were uh, well the defence last year was very good and made up for Does Rivers make bad players better? Does he does he do special things or is he very productive at what what he's been trained to do? You know, I'm not saying he's a you know, I'm not saying he's league average or anything like that. I just you know, a lot of people say, Oh, this is one of the greatest quarterbacks that's never won a Super Bowl. I'm just not sure that's true. He's been around a long time and he doesn't get injured very much. But does he do anything special? I think Philip Rivers is very good at the line of scrimmage. I think um he's easily in the top seven or eight quarterbacks in the league. Whether he elevates players like Manning and Brady and people like that have, no, he's not a top four or five quarterback, but he's in the next bracket along, and that is better than a lot of players who've got to the playoffs in the last five years. Yeah, and that I'm fine with. I'm just fed up of everyone telling me he's one of the best players that's never won a Super Bowl. Just, uh, yeah, I think bores me a little bit. What they're saying is statistically, you look at him on paper, he's one of the best. There's like Dan Marino and him. I, I would be inclined to agree with you in that I don't think he should be anywhere near the MVP. However, if you're looking at purely on a statistical basis, which a lot of what this is, not that, not the MVP basis, but a lot of what people judge the quarterbacks on, he's right up there. I think we need to see where the Chargers are five games time. And for okay. me, that's, that's kind of the mark of where Rivers will be. Yeah. Not, not, not all time. No. But this season... I think it's too early in the game to kind of uh, to say he's close to MVP. If they'd have lost without Melvin Gordon, I think we'd be right in sitting here and saying Philip Rivers isn't that good. But he managed to orchestrate a win without his number one weapon, which a lot of teams struggle to do. But did they win because of Rivers or win because of Mike Vrabel? Well, that's I don't know. I don't know how you answer that. The, they, they made good decisions. The Titans made a bad decision. There's, I don't know, what team, teams run, what, 50, 60, 70 plays a game? So I don't think you can take it down to one decision or two decisions, if you like, on Mike Vrabel. That's, that's unfair to say. Well, Philip, Philip Rivers doesn't control that, unless he was actually talking to Mike Vrabel through an earpiece. Do it again! <laughs> you weren't there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I saw things. Cheers for that, guys. Well, let's move on, seeing as we now know... That 10 minutes is almost a quarter. Um, last Thursday night's game saw uh, the Broncos' defence crush Josh Rosen, forcing five turnovers and leading to a 45-10 to victory. Despite their deficiencies, could Denver ride their D <laughs> into the playoff contention? And uh, what should Arizona do to change their fortunes? Denver won't go to the playoffs. I think Arizona should just give up. What, like the Raiders, just start trading everyone. Yeah, I mean, Pete, not? Patrick Peterson wants out, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he definitely wants out. Um, I, I completely agree. The, def- the defense is brilliant, but Case Keenum is still terrible. Like only 161 yards, one touchdown, one interception, rating of 80, 85.6. He's shit. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and he has got receivers to throw to. Manuel Sanders, Demarius Tom- Thomas, Cortland Sutton's there. He's doing really well, and he's got a decent running game. There's no excuse. I think. Um, the, the Broncos defence came out, didn't they, um, in the start of the week and said, we're going to turn up this week. 
against the Cardinals so they could back it up, you know. Well done. Um, which was just like really, really crazy. But it says a lot, you know, um, the Broncos weren't even picked up in our, in our fantasy league because they haven't been scoring good fantasy points. So they haven't been performing amazingly all year. They've been holding teams to around the twenty-point mark a lot of the time, I suppose. But they've not been—they've not been amazing, have they? I don't, no, they must—they must just rank mid-table. Well, the two games before the Cardinals game, they let two runners run for two hundred yards against them, which is just terrible. Um, so they've been absolutely useless. And then, yeah, John Elwood called them soft after the latest match, and they and Von Miller came out and said, "Yeah, we're going to turn up." Like you say, the Cardinals have got a terrible offensive line. It's easy to turn up against a team like that. You know, do it against the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I think saying you're going to come out and do better against the Cardinals is like me saying I'm going to beat a pensioner in a running race. It's going to happen. Well, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I know some sprightly pensioners. So we all agree. We all agree. <coughs> yeah. Uh, oh, what? Just for the record, I think they should bring Bruce Arians back. But there you go. Yeah, you were saying that all, all, all Sunday. Absolutely what I believe. They should never have let him walk away. Well, uh, let's move on to uh, Miami. Uh, De- Devontae Parker's agent's been quite vocal in criticising uh, Adam Gase this week. Um, Albert Wilson is now set to miss uh, some time with a hip injury. So could the Finns be forced to start playing Parker rather than trading him away? I don't know why they're not playing him. Uh, because he's probably the second best receiver on the team after Kenny Stills. Now, Albert Wilson's done well. I'd say he's better than Kenny Stills. Well, maybe. There you go. So, I I can't understand why they're not playing him. It really surprised me. Well, you've got Wilson and Stills out next week, haven't you? So, I think they're kind of the hand is forced, isn't it? Yeah, but there's something dodgy going on in Miami. The whole Tannehill thing has not really been explained yet. Um, Obviously, Parker's agents come out and slated the the management there so there's something there is something fishy going on there like you say Parker's the best receiver they've got he should be playing Gase recently graduated from the uh, Gruden school of uh, head coaching I, I believe just just annoying all his yeah, top players yeah. and just sending away yeah yeah just uh, he's thinking oh, I'll just get I'll just get top draft picks that I can voice then Shows how false the early season results were for the Dolphins, though, just because yeah. they were playing awful teams. Because now we're seeing, you know, was it four in a row? They won. Yeah. They lost now. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, they were awful. Yeah. So, I think you're right now. We're, you know, week seven, we're properly into the meat of the, of the season now. And, <laughs> and you don't get, yeah. Um, we're, we're starting to see what teams are, what teams are really like. You know, there's probably still some teams to find out about. I'm still dubious that the Chiefs can keep the, their run going. Um, but teams like the Dolphins are, you know, they're showing their true colours. Well, let's talk to another, uh, talk about another wide receiver who has tri- been traded. Cooper has gone to the Cowboys. So, uh, what is that? What's that? What's that meaning for you guys? I mean, what about the what's left in Oakland and what is happening uh, for the Cowboys? So, Martavius Bryant, Jordy Nelson and Dwayne Harris is what's left in Oakland. So, good luck, Oakland. Yeah. And unless the Cowboys can sign Cooper to a contract extension before the end of the year, they'll have wasted a first-round pick on a guy that can walk away. Yeah, so he's got a cap of $13.9 million next year in his final year of the contract. And they gave up a first-round pick. I'm just going to read out his stats so far for, for, for the year. 
So starting in week one against the Rams, he had one reception for nine yards. Shit. <laughs> Ten receptions, 116 yards. All right, that's decent. Two receptions for 17. Eight receptions, 128, and a touchdown. One reception for 10 yards and no receptions for no yards. And they gave up a first-round pick for that. I mean, it's great business by Gruden for a change, but yeah. the Cowboys have just been fleeced. But the first two years of Amari Cooper's career, he did go for over 1,000 yards in both years, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. he did well. And, I, and that was only... And I, he's in a really bad place, isn't he? And I yeah, get the Cowboys aren't car, better. Cars are better throwing quarterback, I yeah. think. But... Um, yeah, the Cowboys are in a much better place than the Raiders. Yeah, they're in a better place, but the quarterback isn't better. Not necessarily, but... And the sporting um, cars probably aren't better either. No, and I get what you're saying, but I think um, the Cowboys needed somebody. They needed a big wide receiver, didn't they? Um, yeah, they you know, they've been going on the whole season about not needing a number one receiver. They've overpaid. That, that is ma- for definite. Yeah, that, that's the point. That, you know, the, the Eagles want, were offering a second round pick for him probably would have been about right and the Cowboys just gone in there and blown their load basically <laughs> oh, Jerry Jones blowing his load is just possibly the worst thing I'm going to hear today but um, just one thing with this the thing that made this for was the picture they released of him in the Cowboys jersey <laughs> looking delighted to be at the Cowboys he looked like he'd just been told he'd lost all of his money yeah. <laughs> although hasn't Chase got a Cooper shirt uh, I don't know. He might yes, have a Mario Wonderful. So the the curse strikes again. So yeah, yeah. Wear that again next year, Chase. Yet Paul wears a bloody Manning shirt, and he's uh, <laughs> never been so strong. I think we need the the king of curses to get a Dallas Cooper shirt, just so you know he ends up tearing his ACL or something. So Gary, over to you. <laughs> Now, um, well, as well, uh, we saw Carr's tweet. We mentioned it on our WhatsApp group. Carr's tweet today, um, who's not been a happy bunny uh, so far this season. What with Matt going, and uh, but he's on Twitter at least saying that he's going to stay for the people of Oakland and uh, who are, he's leaving at the end of the year anyway. Uh, but yeah, uh, anyone make of Carr's tweet? I think Carr would quite happily go if a half-decent team comes in for him. I think he'd love to go to the Jaguars. Um, I think he would. He dreams of going to the Jaguars, but it's not going to happen, I don't think. I think he's there for another year year or so. I, I wouldn't be surprised if within a couple of years the, the Raiders try and draft a, a new, young, exciting quarterback to lead them in Vegas. But, you know, they've invested a lot in Carr, but he doesn't seem to be getting on very well with Gruden. I think he wants out. So, if you go on Twitter, you look in the search function, you just put in the, the word Derek. <laughs> the first suggestion you get is Derek Carr crying. <laughs> he came out He came out today on Twitter shortly after the tweet that we, we were chatting about, um, having a go at pro football talk, for having a go at him for crying. And he blatantly was crying because everyone's seen it, everyone in the world's seen it. I agree with you, Gary. I don't think he's going to go mid-season. I could see him going at the end of the season. Um, Druden's got a history of working well with veteran quarterbacks. They could bring in someone like Ryan Fitzpatrick just to see them through until a good quarterback comes out of the draft in, in 2020. They do have a lot of first-round picks to, uh, to spend. Yeah, but there's, there's no quarterbacks coming out next year. You know, uh, you know, Sam Bradford might be wanting to move on, you know. 
bring him, bring him in. Case Keenum, bring him in. Just make this a shit show I'm going to laugh for, for years about. But, um, okay, should we move on to some good football? Uh, Carolina Panthers against the Philadelphia Eagles. 2017 to Cam and Co. And uh, Panthers remain firmly in the postseason race. But the Eagles fall to three and four with an away trip to London next week to face the Jags. So they'll be back to four and four soon. Um, what did you make of this and where are these teams headed? Other than London. I, I tell you what I made of this. What I made of this is the Eagles were leading in the fourth quarter and they ran one run play and didn't eat up any clock. And that cost them the game. And I, I don't understand it. I know JHI is missing, but Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, and whoever the other guy was that they had on the day. Darren Sproles. Da- not- uh, was it Darren Sproles? Josh Adams. There you go. Uh, you know, serviceable. They were doing okay. They hadn't got massive yards, but you, you run the ball. You eat the clock. As long as the ball is in play, the clock is moving. And they didn't do it. And it, it's cost them big. And it does seem that ever since they won the title last year, the Eagles have been in treading water mode. They're just not driven. They don't look like the same team. And nothing is really going there. Why? You can't be 17 points up and have uh, Cam Newton basically backed into a corner and then just take your foot off the gas. Because he, he is capable of doing this. He, he, their first, was it five possessions for the Panthers were punts? And then in, they started the fourth quarter, touchdown, 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 like that. Bang, bang, bang. Yep. They it's do incredible. finally look like a more balanced team, though, don't they, the Panthers? Yeah. This season, McCaffrey has made a difference. Last year, he wasn't what everyone hoped he would be, I suppose, or the Panthers hoped he would be. But this year, you know, you know, he's actually rush, leading the team rushing in rushing out of four out of six games. That's just crazy, you know. The last decent. time was in 2017 that Cam wasn't the lead rusher for. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that helps with balance. You know, you look even if you look to the Seahawks, Russell Wilson this year has had a couple of running backs that have actually scored touchdowns and got 100-yard games. And how much fitter is Russell Wilson? And what we thought would be a terrible Seahawks team is going to push for the playoffs. I think you're right. I think there's been a lot of, um, there's been a lot of focus on the passing game in, in 2018 and a, a lot of kind of fanfare about passing touchdown, passing yards. But actually, if you look at the teams that are all doing well, they all have a good running game as well. Um, and completely agree also the the, uh, the Panthers defense is doing much much better this year as well Keekley's been kept fit he had 14 tackles on Sunday um, and Eric Reed who's come in into the team had another eight tackles and he's doing really well and it's kind of really shorn up that defense even if he did get into a few scuffles with Malcolm <laughs> Jenkins and Zach Ertz and anyone else he could find to fight I, th- I think with regards to the running game so the Panthers are 136 rush yards a game they're fourth overall the Eagles are 21st with 102 but last year in their title winning year the Eagles averaged 132 yards per game on the ground and they have to get back to that not having Joe Jai is not an excuse you look at other teams are you know Chris Thompson's not playing all the games for Redskins but they're still putting up rushing yards Sonny Michel wasn't playing the start of the season but the Patriots were still putting up the yards Teams have got to find a way around. You, you're going to lose your lead back at some point in the year. Most years, teams have one or two weeks without their lead running back. So, Yeah. I think we, we just brushed past a little bit the, uh, the Jenkins-Reed thing. So I think we need to go back to that a little bit because we, we just skipped past that a little bit quickly, Jim. Um, so it probably kicked off, didn't it? Yeah. Be- because Eric yeah. Reed's not a happy bunny, is he? No, so he kind of feels like Jenkins sold out the cause. Yeah, so he, so they, they they created a sort of committee. Jenkins got a load of money for his, yeah. you know, um, for his cause that he wanted. 
and then has suddenly stopped supporting the cause. And Eric Reid wanted to, he wanted to go to town. He wanted to go to town, and Kaepernick came out afterwards, didn't he? It's like Eric Reid, no, no words needed, just like legend. But you know, it's it's pretty poor from Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was humble afterwards, wasn't he? He was like, he didn't want to have a go at Reid. Yeah, but I think. Uh, I think Eric Reed's had had obviously he's had to wait to get to get into a team, and I think he they definitely support the cause. But I do think he should probably kept kept his mouth shut and have a quiet word with Jenkins. There are better ways of doing that, better ways of having diplomacy, in, not bringing it in such a public forum. It was funny though. <coughs> oh yeah, it's hilarious. I still think not as funny as when uh, he uh, sort of fireman carries Tackert. Do you know what is funny? What's funny is that Fourth and Inches has put in a waiver request for Devon Funches this week after he dropped four passes, three of which would have been for first downs and one would have been for a game-winning touchdown. So, so let's stuff. <laughs> so let's all laugh at me first, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but let's also look at the stats. So in the last two games combined... Funches has 25 points in fantasy. He's a 12... I think it was 12 points in the last game, 13 in this week's, or the other way around. So, who wouldn't want a wide receiver who's getting you 12, 13 points? I had a running back that got 29 points on my bench last week. Yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a running back who got me zero points. And oh, I had one just, as well. Just, just to warn you, fourth and inches, the uh, Panthers play the Ravens this week. <laughs> yeah, but what, what are they got on defense? Come on. <laughs> so yeah, um, but um, sh- okay, good stuff. Should we move on? Uh, did Bortles deserve to get benched against the Texans? And will we see him uh, Sunday against the Eagles? So obviously, he did not deserve to get benched, but I will tell you why he did in a second. But. And we will also see him in London. They've already announced that. So he's already been announced as a starter they for London. They have said he will start. But they've also said that Kessler will take a couple of snaps in practice, won't they? We'll he's take some reps. They're going to be sharing first-team reps, basically. Um, so, and I think the reason why he got benched, and I think it was okay to bench him for some for some reasons, because I think Bortles can become complacent and did become has become a bit complacent. He's been pretty bad the last four weeks in terms of turnovers and I think they're just trying to show him that he's not untouchable and you know we've seen the effect that that's had at the Ravens with with Flacco with Jackson on the bench and I think they're trying to send a message I think that Bortles is quite clearly still the number one quarterback in Jacksonville but I think they're just making it really clear that if you keep throwing the ball away um, then um, yeah you're going to you're going to get benched so I can, I can see why they did it. Um, but I think it's a bit it's early a, in the game for me. But it's, it's a different story with, with Baltimore, isn't it? Because you know, if you've got a first-round draft pick, and I realise I'm at risk of being censored for this, but the new Michael Vick. Jesus. Fuck off! <laughs> you, it, oh, you're not coming to the game. I'm going to make you wear the Brady shirt. That's, that's not okay. But if you've got that, if you've got that pushing you from behind, and get into the meat of it. <laughs> And pushing the D. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I mean, if you've got that, if you've got that pressure from behind. <laughs> Honestly, come on now. But I don't think. Then you go wrong over your face. I think Bortles doesn't have that pressure with Cody Kessler. 
No, he doesn't. I, I agree with most of what Gary said. They basically benched him and said, hey, you're getting the starting job back next week. If you've turned it over by half-time, we're probably putting Cody Kessler back in. More importantly, I think if he gets dropped next week against the Eagles, I think they trade for a quarterback before the deadline. Cody Kessler Who you didn't have? look bad. He didn't look good either. But he didn't look bad. I, He's serviceable, I'd say. Yeah, serviceable. I mean, we, we, we touched on it earlier. Balls hasn't had a running game for the last few weeks. Like, Fournette's been out injured. Yeldon's been okay. Bortles' running game is on point. Well, I'm Bortles. sorry. He, he has one of the highest uh, yards per carry of yeah, any well, quarterback Bortles, of all time. Bortles so you shouldn't, you shouldn't be having to go Bortles' no, running no, no, game. Sorry. I mean the Jags' running game. Oh, clarify, please. Yeah, I apologise. Bortles actually had the most yards. <laughs> is, that, is that context? Yeah. Bortles had the most yards on, on, on Sunday out, out of all the Jags' run, rushers with a whole 30. Um Kessler's not good. It's a failure of the management that they've not brought in a better backup. At least someone who you can turn to and go, all right, you're at least on par with Bortles, if not better. Wide receivers? Talk us through the wide receivers. Bad, bad route runners. Yeah, D.D. Westbrook's not been good. Um, You've got Keelan, Keelan Cole. Moncrief hasn't really lived drop up a lot it. of passes yeah they make Bortles look worse than he is you know this is time man of the year 2014 I'm not sure they make him look worse he's not capable of elevating and they're not a good set of wide receivers yeah. it's a bad combination because yeah. the defence is now just beaten up and gassed and can't keep anyone yeah. from yeah, yeah. And no, no yeah, problem. they're on their fourth yeah. tight end of the season well, obviously it was an injury wasn't there yeah oh yeah, yeah there's so, loads so, it's but, not good the, the team's not in a good place Changing Bortles is not going to make them immediately better. However, if they don't trade for someone, they'll draft for someone at the end of this year. He, he wasn't the answer last year. He just had a good year. He's not the answer this year. He's having a bad year. I want to put out um, four, four weeks ago, I think it was, end of September, the Jags went for a two-point play against the Jets. Uh, and at all time, people saying it was Doug Marone, you know, being a bit cocky because whatever, and since then his teams have his team has been outscored by sixty two points, and not scored in the first half. So, uh, well done, Doug. Really showing everyone up there. There are there are other issues in in Jacksonville as well. So yeah, yeah. End of the game. I think uh, one of the Jags PR people opened the dressing room door, and Calais Campbell and Ngokwe were going at each other. Apparently, Ngokwe has been uh, a bit of trouble. Uh, in the Jags dressing room so I wouldn't be surprised he's a brilliant talent but I wouldn't be surprised to see him go Are you suggesting Ngokwe was getting to the meat of it? Yeah That's what it sounded like But yeah they're the, they were, they're the press were invited in and then quickly invited back later so uh, yeah so, um, Okay so let's move on uh, the Cowboys lost away for the fourth time in four attempts this year uh, away from home and Brett Ma- Be- Brett Mayer Maha, last Maha, Maha, man, who let the dogs out? <laughs> Did you just press a clown's nose? Maha, <laughs> uh, his last ditch field goal attempt hit the post. So the Redskins move to the top of uh, NFC East at four and two. Who wins this division? And another question: Is Adrian Peterson the main reason the skins are looking so good? I'll, I'll go with yes. Adrian Peterson looks fantastic, and. Alex Smith is not having to do anything outside of his comfort zone and they're still winning. Uh, and at the moment, I think the Redskins or the Eagles win this division. I don't, see, I don't think the Cowboys can be good enough for long enough. 
I think the Eagles have got a chance to turn around because they still got talented players, and the Giants are turd. I'm going to go with Actually, the Eagles. Actually, they're fourth. I'm going to go the Eagles to win this division because they still have the they still have some good players. They've got Doug Peterson, so uh, um, but Skins will I think will take them close. I think the, the Skins are unremarkable, but they're efficient. They've, they've, they, they, it's a typical Alex Smith they, team, isn't it? Yeah, it's they're going to get to the playoffs and lose the first game. It's Alex Smith, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the Skins also got a really good uh, defense as well. Uh, mm. So in the middle of the defensive line, two ex-Alabama players, um, Jonathan Allen and Dayron Payne, um, completely um, completely boxed up Zeke Elliott, who only had 33, 33 yards off 15, 15 attempts. They completely shut him out. Um, Dak Prescott actually had an all right game for Dak Prescott, 273 yards. But but if they shut down earlier, he has to have a decent game, yeah, doesn't exactly. he? Um, I, I completely agree with what you said earlier. Peterson is the one that's really got this team ticking over. Alex Smith is better when he's got a good running back. The two of them seem to be working well together. I think they could quite easily win this division. I have to disagree. I think if they shut down earlier, Dak needs to have a good game. And he's not having enough good games. He always has average he's, he's, he can be decent he can also be bad I've rarely seen being good is is Cooper a difference maker for the Cowboys really or is he just going to be another middle of the road receiver on the Cowboys team I think he has he has the potential to elevate that team I'd worry that I don't think Dak Prescott is good enough now if you look at the Amari Cooper stats he's an inconsistent Wide out with an inconsistent quarterback. What, like Cole Beasley and Alan Hearns are with Dak Prescott? No, I say they're just rubbish. I, I don't think Alan Hearns is rubbish and by any stretch of imagination. And actually, I think Cole Beasley is, is underrated as a third receiver. I think he's a good player. But they just they just don't have any consistency in the passing game at all. Like I say, we're, we're congratulating Dak on 270 yards this week. And that'd be a that'd be a poor Rivers game. What's that? His second best game of the season? Did he pass three hundred yards once? You've waited till Gary isn't holding a mic to mention Rivers, did. didn't you? Yeah. I did. <laughs> oh, Michael, Michael Gallup though, three receptions, eighty-one yards, and a touchdown. He's playing well. You know, he looks good. But you just don't, basically all the receivers are having to overstretch themselves because Dak overthrows the ball every time. And Luckily, Amari Cooper has nine for arms, so he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go go gadget arms. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, guys. Um, last week we asked, uh, can we trust the Bengals? And uh, this week we got our answer as they were lit up by the Mahomes and the Chiefs and their number two ranked offense. Yes, I the said Mahomes? I, I said the Mahomes. You mean yeah. Kermit? Kermit Yay. Mahomes. <laughs> Yay! As he, he went back home to his... his <laughs> Piggy-looking wife, is that what you were going to say? Are you suggesting Pat Mahomes as a piggy-looking girlfriend? I'll just say, if he does, then uh, we're never going to hear the end of that. But yeah, so the uh, number one ranked offense uh, in New Orleans, New Orleans travelled to uh, face the number one ranked defense in uh, Baltimore and came away with a narrow win. Uh, how many of these teams will make the playoffs and who has the best chance to win it all? It's a very long question, John. We've got fifth. It's, it's, it's a long question. You got. I'm just trying saying. to work out what, how many questions were within that question. So, of these four teams, how many of them are going into the playoffs, and which one of them has the best chance to win it all? I would suggest three of four. I think the Bengals have now shot themselves in the foot, and uh, for me, it's still the Saints. I I would take Drew Brees over Pat Mahomes in a shootout. 
Yep. So I, I don't know. The Bengals might still squeeze in there. I don't know. I think definitely three. Definitely three. And I think that actually the two best teams there are the Saints and the Ravens. Yep. I really like the Ravens this year. Um, they weren't on my radar at the start of the season. They were so poor last year. But they have they have improved that wide receiving core, and that has made a difference. And Flacco looks like Flacco of four or five years ago, and that was unexpected. So, um, And then, obviously, the, the Saints are looking very good, especially with their new acquisition of Eli Apple. That's a really big signing for them. He's a, <laughs> he's a quality player, I hear. Just a player to get injured, isn't it? Like, let's just, you know... No, I mean, the one... Human shield. Yeah, the the one negative about the Saints is is the defence. You know, Lattimore is not playing as well as he was last year. They brought in some support. I think it was a, it was a good move. Um, there were rumours that Pat Pete was wanted to go there, but... Pat Pete? Patrick Peterson. Peace, oh, just Pete, Pat Pete. Pat Pete. Just- <laughs> When you're yeah. friends, you just call him Pat yeah. B. Jeez. Actually, no, I, I, me, I know him as uh, P squared. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they, they've decided to go a different route with Eli Apple. Um, and, you know, good luck to them. I a agree. bad route. I imagine it's a cheaper route. <laughs> it's a cheaper route. I don't think Eli's not, Apple's not been as bad as he was no, last year. No, he's not been a bad year. player this year. An apple a day keeps the playoffs away. It's like we said last <laughs> season. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, three of the four teams, I think the Bengals are the ones to miss out. Um, that's pretty dependent on if the Steelers come back from the bye being good. Um, and I think, yeah, the Saints, best chance. So I'm going to... I think the Ravens have... Their next two games are pretty tough. So they got the Panthers and the Steelers. So, you know, they could they could end up three and five. Sorry, four, four, and, four and... I don't know. They could lose their next two games. That's the point I'm getting at, all right? Or they could win them both and put themselves in a commanding position. They're in exactly the same... They've got the same record as the Bengals. Yes, they do. It's just the Bengals look like a team that have peaked already. And the Ravens look like a team that are going to have the odd trouble. But they can still do a lot of things. Lamar Jackson got his first touchdown with a run. Both of these teams, the Saints and, and the Ravens, both took out their number one quarterbacks in situational plays and played their... Number two, so Lamar Jackson and Taysom Hill, and picked up decent yards and touchdowns on these things. It was like, Taysom it, Hill got thirty-five rushing touchdowns, uh, rushing yards. Sorry, if Taysom Hill's on the pitch, I'm I'm immediately suspicious. Wait, he also they're up to something. He was I don't know what it is, but he's going to run. Yeah, he was covering kick returns. He made yeah. two tackles on kickoff returns. That's crazy. Uh, it was a really interesting game because both. Coaches from the start went for it. Like both yeah. went for four from one, four whatever. From one, yeah, yeah. it was a fascinating game. What is Taysom Hill being paid as? Because He's there are because the there are very different salaries out there for different different positions, isn't there? And like, if you're paying him as a quarterback, do you really want to see him going on like kick returns? They still have crunched? Teddy. Bridgewater, don't they? Yeah. So yeah. A, yeah. He's, he's like the backup. I just, back. I just wonder how that'll evolve over the next couple of years. You know, how, what position they're going to put him in on the roster and what they're actually going to pay him as. Because he might just if, you, if, you could, team if you're going to put him anywhere, you know, you don't want to pay him as a quarterback in year two, three, and then, you know. But yeah. what a bonus having a, a player like that on your roster who's basically take, doing three or four guys' jobs. It's quite, it's quite impressive. But we had a few players like this last season. So, Tariq, Tariq. Derek Cohen, yeah. That's the fella. Dion Lewis. Um, Rex Burkhead. They've all done this before. Adore Jackson at the Tetons. 
Oh, come on. <laughs> I adore Jackson, yeah. <laughs> Um, he he was in multiple roles, so it's nothing new. But I think I was a bit disappointed with you that you didn't suggest that this result was significant for the Steelers. By the way, because the Bengals and the Ravens lost, and the Browns also lost. I even entitled this week's podcast a significant result for the Steelers, and you've completely missed it. I left it open for I'm you. I'm not a performing monkey. <laughs> yeah, you are. That's your job. You've got a waistcoat and everything. Keep on wanting more, Paul. So the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so the Ravens only lost. Uh, on the back of Justin Tucker's first ever missed PAT. 222, 222 yeah. of 222 and 76 of 76 in college. I did not manage to find his high school stats. I'm sorry. I didn't have time. But basically he hadn't missed for like seven, year, eight years on a PAT. That's ridiculous. And uh, yeah, did you see his surprised face? His surprised face was amazing. Because <laughs> like, the, the ball started perfectly straight and then just disappeared Moved, it just yeah. it just disappeared off to one side it was crazy but uh you know all right losing to the saints is is no shame for the ravens and john brown continues to impress 134 yards and a touchdown that's 50 plus yards in five of seven games this season and when he hasn't done it michael crabtree's done it so you know that they've got a lot going for them they've got a tough schedule that's that's all it is but if they yep. if they come out and get into the playoffs they could do what they did the year they won it and just rumble through the playoffs there's nothing wrong with that at all um Drew Brees have now beaten all 32 teams. We named the other two players that have done it. Gary? Brett Favre. And? Uh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. And no one was helping him out there at all. I knew knew on Saturday, but there's been a lot of beer drunk. There was a lot of beer drunk on Saturday. Oh, Sunday, yeah. Sunday. I'm still drunk. I think I'm still drunk. Jim is as well. He he doesn't think 10 minutes is very long. (laughs) I thought um, Mark Ingram was a little bit disappointing. He only had 32 rushing yards. Not think he had a great game. Very disappointing. I've been waiting for him for rather a number of weeks now. So yeah, that was Less not rushing the ret- yards than Taysom Hill. That was not the return I was looking for, but I still won. John Brown is very fast. John Brown is very, very fast. Yes, he is. He's absolutely very fast. Um, in the other game, in the in the Chiefs-Bengals game, uh, so the Chiefs went three and out on their first drive, which was the first punt forced by the Bengals in 17 drives, a league-worst record. Uh, I think uh, Bengals fans applauded that more than anything else in the rest of the game as they then got crucified 45-10. to 10. So in, in rugby, there's, there's always a, a missed tackle stat. I'd love to see that in the NFL because the amount of tackles that the Bengals missed... I think there was one run by Kareem Hunt and I think he might have, there might have been about four or five Bengals players yeah. try to tackle him and he just kept going. And then they kept doing it throughout the game as well. You know, receivers were getting tackled and they'd literally just fall off and you're not going to win games if you, if you can't tackle the players, obviously. Um, Mahomes is still absolutely amazing. 358 yards, four touchdowns. Got an intercept this, this week, but um, he's now set the record for the first for the most touchdowns in his first eight games. Um, and the way this offense is going, you, you can't see that slowing down any um, any at all. But the defense actually showed up this week, which was good. Yeah, I thought uh, managing to limit Mixon to his lowest yards of uh, rushing and receiving of the season was a really good stand-up thing for the Chiefs defense to do because they were the worst-ranked defense coming in. And they actually put up some big tackles and some big stops. Uh, Andy Dalton is now 0-6 on Sunday nights, dating back to 2011. I love that. That means Andy Dolan and AJ Green have not won together on a Sunday night. 
That's crazy. You'd think players that have been playing that long and are that good would have uh, would have been better. And Bengals have given up a thousand yards of offense in the last two games to the Steelers and the Chiefs. That is a very depressing statistic if you're a Bengals fan. This is why I think they've peaked and uh, they're now dropping off a bit of a cliff. So I I, I would like I always like to see the Bengals do well. I like them as a team, but I think for me they're done. The, the Steelers will continue to improve especially if they throw their weight behind James Connor and say yes we're not bringing Le'Veon Bell back he is going to be the lead runner I think I think that's a good thing for the team I think the team need to be told that Bell still isn't with the team is he nope no and we don't think he's going to play for them this year he might play one game and then go on I'm injured no I don't think he's going to play does he not have to accrue the time he has to report back by week 10 10. otherwise the Um, his season's almost written off and he has to kind of go back into... They can then make him inactive for yeah. two weeks and then if they can agree with him not to pay him still, then he still doesn't have to play. Is that right? Something like so that. So then it's... he would be eligible from week 13. Yeah. Then, yeah. It, it gets... Very, I think it, it's going to start getting very messy if something, if something doesn't change over the next... Well over the next week before the trade deadline effectively I, I think the Steelers want to trade him I don't think he wants to be traded away um, and that's why he's, that's why he's not come back during the, the bye week like he said he would that's why I'm not ruling out the Bengals yet I think this, the, they, the Steelers started the season really ropey with all the um, the the Bell situation going on I think it's still got to rear its ugly head uh, either him coming back and distracting the the team or him not coming back and distracting the team yes uh, by by not being there but that's where I I agree with Griff I think you know as kind of a coaching team Tomlin and his coaches have to throw their weight behind Connor and say look let Bell do whatever he wants to do James Connor's our our, our RB one we're going to put all our weight behind him he's going to be the running back let's go out and win some games because Connor's proved that he's a decent running back oh, I I agree I I, I totally agree with you I just think. Um, he either comes back and he's this moody presence on the bench that will take, that will bring more press attention, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and of course, there'll be the, the the O line who are slagging him off, etc. It's. I think. I don't think this story is over after some legs to run. I think we'll be talking about it. In so, three so to four just weeks to times. clarify, are you suggesting that the Steelers could miss out on the playoffs and the Bengals take their place, or that all three teams could go through from this division? I'm d- just want to know. I'm s- I'm saying, I'm saying I'm not ruling out the Bengals. I'm saying that maybe they might finish out of the Steelers if the Steelers play like they did at the start of the season yeah. when the Bell situation became. And would you up. put the Bengals ahead of the Ravens? No, the Ravens are top. Okay, all right. Well, that's fine. I just I just wanted to know. But yeah, I'm just saying the this Steelers situation has a lot to play out. Let's let's just. I think the thing is when you look at the NFC. As as normal, it's so tight in every league apart from the, the NFC West, where obviously the Rams are seven and zero. Um, I know that's AFC, but if you look everywhere across the league, that they, they're you know that is the tightest out there in in the AFC. But then the NFC is just just as tight. You know, when you look at the Bucks, even you know at the moment they're like one game back in that yeah, division. Most divisions are crazy. Still got three teams that are playoff contenders. And, and most, yeah, most there's two games between the top three teams. So I think, yeah, apart from that NFC West, there's still, you know, in the Patriots division, you know, apart from that, there is pretty much every other division out there is still wide open. In the AFC North, so Bengals, Browns, Steelers and Ravens, who is the best quarterback in that division now? 
Hmm. Um, Still Roethlisberger, I, I think. and But I think Flacco's not very far behind. Yeah. And that's just based off Flacco having quite a poor career after the Super Bowl. He's, he's definitely improved this year. And that momentum could take... I, I'd say so far this year, Flacco. RG3. <laughs> and I would suggest the very fact that I can ask the question and there wasn't an immediate answer proves that the gap between Roethlisberger and Flacco is closer than it's been for probably five years. I don't know which one of them is better. I don't think Andy Dalton is better than either of them, but, but Roethlisberger and Flacco... Dalton isn't as far behind as he's been in previous years. He's. Uh, I think he's Roethlisberger's regressed to the mean. Well, yeah. Flacco's got a little bit better. Dalton's more consistent at the moment. And, and I think that gap has closed quite a lot. Uh, and Baker Mayfield, are we in any way suggesting he should have been number one pick still? Or I does like he him. look... Darnold just looks superior. Darnold looks far superior. You look at the, the receivers Darnold's throwing to at the moment and he's still putting up decent numbers. Okay, last week wasn't brilliant, but he's a rookie. Let's not forget he's a rookie quarterback and he's throwing to terrible receivers. Um, I think Mayfield's done, done well. I think he's definitely a top five pick. I still would have taken Darnold over Mayfield. I, I like I, I very much, very much of a muchness. I think they're quite similar, uh, formally performing, and I think I, I'm a yeah, quite like Baker. I like Baker. I like Baker. I would have been very interested to see Darnold throwing to some of the Browns wideouts. If you have Darnold throwing to Landry, if you have Darnold throwing to the other re- receivers and tight ends that play for the Browns, I think it's a, it'd be interesting to see where they are. I, I think yeah, we've got to give Darnold credit because. He's throwing to utter dross. <laughs> True. So, Luke and Matt Goss. <laughs> so, uh, should we move on and uh, let's, uh, final thoughts on um, about any of the other games this past weekend? So, anything you feel need to mention, players who I, stood out? Or I've got my favourite one. You had a great stat earlier. I like that. It gave me a little little tweak on earlier. But, but this was my favourite stat from the weekend. New England's blocked punt score was their first such score since 1996. 354 games ago and you wouldn't have thought that for a team that relies a lot on special teams but there you go Cordero Patterson's 95 yard kickoff turn is also my favourite thing I saw this week yeah, as nice. the defenders all broke their ankles trying to turn when he turned it was quite impressive I, I, I'm not going to lie my, uh, my heart broke slightly when Kevin White just couldn't <laughs> like, he's half a yard um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't have uh, begrudged to the 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 Bears uh, a result no. from that game. McCourtney but. came out afterwards and said that's part of the yeah. of how they, they practice kind of the Hail Mary. They don't go up and challenge for the ball. They just have a, a line of defenders along the touchline and they let the guy catch it and then just stop him. Yeah. Um, I thought Trubisky was quite poor this week. He missed a lot of open passes. He, his stats are good but he, he missed a lot of open receivers. Um, and one thing I'm going to say, I think Andrew Luck's back to almost his best form. He didn't have to do as much this week because Marlon Mack had for change had a really good running game um but luck has thrown a touchdown in 30 consecutive games which is the longest streak in nfl um he's also got 15 td passes this season which is more than the titans bills and cardinals combined yeah. um, he's playing the best since he dragged that colts team to the championship game a few years ago yeah i think he's really you know settled back in really well hasn't he and it's I think he's probably done it in the right way in a Colts team that haven't been amazing for the last yeah. couple of years, and and it's taken him five, six, seven weeks to really, you know, yeah, get to grips with who, who's around him now. Yeah, you know, and he's not had um, 
Well, had some of his big players as well. Yeah, isn't no, it? He's, again, he's his receiving no, no Ty Hilton. You know? Ty Hilton came back this week and scored a touchdown. Um, but actually, on the other side of the ball for the Colts, um, defensive rookie of the year so far for me, Darius Leonard, seventeen tackles last week. <laughs> <laughs> that that's impressive, isn't it? Seventeen tackles—that's more than some players get in a season. Uh, speaking of defensive stats, Aaron Donald had four sacks versus your Niners this week, Gary. Of course. Uh, and the Rams put up a league low for them of the season, 331 yards of offense, which when compared to the average yards from the Cardinals, which is 268, seems quite impressive. So I, I, I was really impressed with the Rams, but unfortunately the Niners just injury decimated and just can't get it going. Kittle looks brilliant. Every time they, they throw the ball to him, he drags yeah. players along, looks really good. That is the best thing going for the Niners right now. They need that season to finish. Like yeah, it, it, they, they need it. We've over. had two years of terrible injuries now, haven't we? Really have been bad. Yeah, yeah. it's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> I did note as well, that's the fourth overtime game for Cleveland this season, which means they've nearly played an entire extra game already, just in overtime minutes. Yep. So their players are, are going to be shattered if they keep doing this. To lose like that was was harsh but yeah. Chandler Catanzaro 59 yard overtime winner it's the longest ever overtime goal to win a game he'd missed from inside 40 yards yeah. in the game and did he miss an extra point as well yep. he, had a, he had a bad game so to, to pull that off was impressive and rivaled Flacco's face the look on Baker Mayfield's face he could not believe that kick had gone through So and it's starting to kick off a little bit isn't it in, uh, in Cleveland so, uh, oh, Todd Haley. Todd Haley and um, Hugh, well, Hugh Jackson. Or Hugh Jackson Hugh saying he's going to start getting more involved in, in, in the offence decisions, which I think is go down, going to go down like a lead balloon with Todd Haley. Do we think Hugh Jackson's trying to say, I'm putting the team in the right position to win games, these losses aren't on me? Uh, do, do we think that he's, he's using this as deflectionary tactics? Or, you know, what, what do we think? Well, I, I think Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, is putting the Browns in a position to win games and... You know, okay, maybe they're not doing enough on offense, but I don't think Hugh Jackson's the man to take that mantle on. I'm playing the right notes, but not necessarily <laughs> in the right order. <laughs> I think I think the problem Hugh Jackson's got is he called the plays last year for Deshaun Kaiser, and Deshaun Kaiser was fucking dreadful. I do not think you can take Todd Haley off the play calling with a brand new quarterback and watch Hugh Jackson ruin another one. It's just not on. You can't do it. Greg Williams and Todd Haley should be running this team. Hugh Jackson shouldn't be in charge. I think the Browns have been unlucky. Yeah, well, they have. I mean, when you look at their results over the first five games, they could have easily been 5-0. and Yeah. I think mm. what Jackson... I don't think he was saying he wanted to just be the offensive coordinator as well as the head coach. He's talking about key defining moments within the game, isn't he? Because at the end of the day, they've... The defence has got them in a position to win games. And whether we think Todd Haley's the better coach or not, he hasn't actually managed to win enough games. So, and Hugh Jackson, it does sit on him, doesn't it? You know, you know, it's, well, the, buck, it's, the buck stops, the, the buck stops there yeah. because it's, you know, it's his team. And so if, if he doesn't like it, then, you know, he's going to have to get involved, isn't he? You know, it's, you know, because that's what he gets paid to do. So I do kind of get it. I think he's. Um, I think this might be one last ditch attempt to try and keep his job. Um, I think he knows the writing's on the wall on the wall for him at the end of the year. He, he was one and thirty-one. Yeah, I know. and he didn't lose his job. Uh, yeah, but I well, just, what does he have to do to lose his job? Take over the offense again. Oh, true. <laughs> uh, Nick Chubb, though, he's uh, he's all right, isn't he? Nick Chubb uh, is every bit as good as Carlos Hyde. So the Browns haven't lost out in the trade uh, to send Carlos Hyde to the Jags. 
It's an odd one from the Jags for me. It tells me that Fournette might be missing a lot more time. That is a bigger concern because Carlos Hyde is not Leonard Fournette. He's a very much a poor man's Leonard Fournette. So, but he's he's a he's better than T.J. Yeldon. You're better than T.J. Yeldon. I didn't see you getting paid millions. Together. I'm relying on T.J. Yeldon for my fantasy team. Yeah, well, do you win many games? I am the equivalent of the Cowboys in our league. You can't win away. That's right. Uh, Dalvin Cook still not making any appearances for the Vikings. Latavius Murray, 266 yards and three touchdowns over the last three games. So the Vikings aren't missing him, but my fantasy team is missing him. They keep saying he's going to play, and then he's inactive every week. Is this? Do we think this is a trend that continues, or are they now saying we want him safe for the playoffs, so perhaps he doesn't come back till three or four weeks to go? Latavius Murray is a very underrated running back. He basically, I mean, he took over last year, and he was as good as well not any other running back but he was better than average and he, he helped help the game I think I think you're right I think that, that unlike last year Delvin Cook is going to come back into the team at some point he had a big injury last year let's not forget I think they're just being a bit careful with him and whilst Latavius Murray is on form you know just keep running him and he was he was decent for the Raiders before this He's been he's been decent for when he's been called upon for the last few years. So yeah, yeah he, 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 like I say, he's a above league average running back when he comes in. Okay, let's let's uh, let's cover the, the uh, bullshit bills for a second. So, Derek Anderson called out of retirement. He's a sixty and sixty touchdown to interception career. He's not anymore. He's now sixty to sixty three. Turned the ball over a lot, which is unsurprising. He'd only been there eight days. He's still better than Nate Peterman. Uh, so. Bill's quarterbacks are three TDs to 12 interceptions on the season. That's unfair to Josh Allen and Derek Anderson. Josh Allen had two. Nate Peterman radically changes that statistic. Yes, he does. However, the combination of the three are three and 12. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser last year led the league in interceptions 22. He was 11 and 22 in the year. His record would have been 11 and 44 if he'd have played for the Bills by their equation. That's bad. 11, 11 TDs to 44 picks would get you shot. Not just no, dropped. if you threw 44 picks at the Bills, you'd get a new contract. Apparently so. I, I'm laying this firmly at the feet of Sean McDermott, and I think he is the only coach now doing a worse job than Hugh Jackson in the league. Would anybody disagree with me? Gruden? No, he's doing it deliberately. <laughs> I don't understand how somebody who's deliberately sucking at their Gruden job... is deliberately sucking at his job, and he's got a 10-year contract, so he can afford to do that. <laughs> We, we've, we've been saying all the time you need to we judge uh, Gruden from two years time when they get to Vegas then we start to judge Gruden alright I'll speak to you in 2028 yeah but uh, I don't know he's, 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 he's sucking but come on McDermott should he be fired or not yeah. that's all I want to know the, the, the fact that they had an, a quarterback room of McCarron Peterman and Allen at the start of the year and they kept Peterman. Yeah, that's the biggest confusion. But I don't know that all sits at McDermott. I mean, there's a GM level decision there's a, there's a, as well. But I think institutionally, the whole, the whole roster looks, doesn't look great. Compared to last year, where it didn't look great, but at least they are playing well. This roster's got very little talent on it. McCoy's no. the only one, and now he's injured. Yeah, is he set to miss this coming week? He's in concussion protocol, isn't he? That's, Who's that's the backup good. running back? Your mum. Oh, yeah, Chris, Chris Ivory. Nearly your mum. Um, okay. Can we talk about uh, Deshaun Watson? Travelling by bus. Too ill to travel by plane, <laughs> but uh, 
well enough to be crushed by 30 So he was men. leading the league in being sacked, wasn't he, coming into this yeah. game? And he had a partially collapsed lung, is that what they said? Yeah, yeah a cracked rib and a partially, partially collapsed lung. I've had a cracked rib and it really bloody hurts to breathe, sneeze, cough, move, and he's going out there and still getting... Is that why you only did half a marathon? Yeah, that's exactly it. He's still going out there and getting absolutely laid out by... Yeah, defensive lineman. So, he's got so. a collapsed lung. Aaron Rodgers has been playing on one leg for half the season. <laughs> it's it's it, it, and they won, so it was impressive. But uh, There's yeah. the star of that of that game actually, I think, it was Jadavian Clowney, who looked amazing. He had two sacks, um, but he also created enough enough attention on him for Whitney Merciless to also have another sack. He was just Clowney was brilliant in that game. Like Jags couldn't handle him at all. But if yeah. you've got if you've got Clowney, Merciless, and Matthew, and JJ Watt. JJ Watt, yeah. You're going to get good defensive results yeah, at you some should, point, you aren't you? Do. This is the first season where Clowney and Watt are both fit and playing together. Um, and I think we're we're starting to see just how good that, that defense could be. Yeah, they're really getting better as the season goes on. Uh, uh, one thing that was significant for me <laughs> wasn't the Steelers. What? It was the return of T.Y. Hilton. Yes. And unsurprisingly, look, Luck looked better. That was hard to say. Andrew Luck looked... Oh, Andrew sick. Luck? Yeah. Either way, if you have if T.Y. Hilton is playing and is in form, that's a great option for the quarterback for the Colts to have. Yeah, in a division with the Jags, the Texans, and whoever else they've got in there, they, they are still in contention, as long as they've got Andrew Luck. They're... Do you remember when a few weeks ago where people were going, oh, you know, have they brought him back too soon because he can't throw a Hail Mary? And, you know, and, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's it class. It doesn't seem to be a problem, does it? Um, I just wanted, for Gary, really, Bortles is 21-43 and 43 in the USA, but 3-1 and one in the UK, Gary, so you could see a win out of Blake this weekend. Uh, I, I quite like that. And also, uh, something else... Uh, Mitchell Trubisky's eight-yard touchdown run, he travelled 71.9 yards running away from the New England defence and then skipped across the line for the score, which I thought was brilliant. That um, I'm actually quite intrigued to see how how good this game in London is on Sunday because both teams are now desperate for a win. So that could be actually a really good matchup. I know they're they're both coming into the game in kind of a funk of form, um, but whoever loses that is going to be in a real difficult position. Jags win that game, don't they? They, they traditionally travel yeah, very well do. to London. And also, the London game tends to kick off their season as yeah. well. They always yeah. seem to do better after that London game. Yeah. So hopefully that will carry on. That, that, I would definitely be saying that the Jags are the favourites heading into that game. I think it's very even. It, it, yeah, even with a bad few weeks behind them. Yeah. Um, this is a conversation few of us had during the week. Julio Jones now has 812 yards on the season and no touchdowns. So... 11 players have caught a touchdown since Julio Jones lasted. What, for the Falcons? Yes. Can you name them? No. You're rubbish. Unbelievable. What's but I, th- I thought it was an interesting stat, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of wide receivers, uh, o- OBJ and uh, Sterling Shepard, first wide receiving pair with 100-yard games for the Giants since week 17 of 2014, when it was OBJ and Ruben Randall. Still lost. They, they did still, still lose, lose. Uh, OBJ fastest receiver to 5,000 yards beating Julio Jones by one game I think all we have as Giant fans for the season is stats yeah you've got some really crap ones you've got one or two good ones 
Barkley didn't make 100 yards this week. It's really terrible clock management at the end. We yeah. were down down two scores. Uh, I think it was like a minute and 42 to go. And the amount of time wasted on just getting to getting to the scrimmage line for the next play was unbelievable. Um, it just looked like they didn't want to win at all. And uh, should we just mention Marshall Lynch is uh, on IR. So uh, We saw his final game, didn't we? We did. We did. He's not coming back, is he? No. Uh, is he due back uh, at the start of the playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I think we've seen his final game. That leaves Jalen Richard and Doug Martin as the top running backs for Oakland. So that number one pick is making its way quickly towards Oakland, I feel. Well, we'll see. We'll see. There's, there's still a lot of dross for this season to go. Uh, so we, that's uh, the roundup completed. Um, Gary, you're back this week. Welcome back, Gilo. Uh, you got any... Uh, Fantasy, uh, fantasy, uh, fantasy stuff for us. I mean, we can also discuss <laughs> words, John. Words. I know this bit I haven't written for you, but what word were you looking for? I don't want. To, I don't want you to. Yeah, so look, fantasy you know, chips. Have you got any? Yeah. So I, I you know, fantasy I haven't. Chips. I, I, having nursed a hangover since you know Monday morning, I haven't spent too much time time on it. But you know, there's some some stuff we've talked about a few times with fantasy, and it's it's quite important just to touch on around how it's very similar around matchups. And you can, if you have a blowout in one game, it can be okay as long as you are consistently okay and scoring similar points. So I was just having a look through our league and it was quite interesting to see, you know, where the players were who'd scored some of the most points so far this season. So, for example, someone in our league scored 754 points, which is the third highest points total of the year so far. And they're in eighth out of our 10-team league because... You know, they're actually in positive points difference as well, of 727 points against. So they're actually in points points difference plus. But because they are scoring big points and losing to big points, and then scoring small points and still losing, um, unfortunately, they're, they're doing terribly. Um, but actually, only about three teams are in, three or four teams are actually in positive points difference. Um, and it does come down consistency. You know, um, Griff is currently top, 715 points in seven games. Now, I talk a lot about scoring 100 points a game will roughly normally win you a game. And that just proves that if you can if you can do that, you give yourself a chance every single week if you keep it close. Um, and what you're finding is at the moment people, you know, go after hot players that don't necessarily work out the following week. That is a really bad tactic. You know, Paul is quite bad at that. And he scored 592 points so far this season. Um, and he is 3-4 and four, um, despite that. I'm still in the playoffs. Yeah, in our league. <laughs> but, you know, that's, you know, that is pretty scary that it is about consistency. And you do need to... To try and build a team where you can you can get players that will score you across your team 100 points a week. Where are you getting 100 points from? Because that keeps you in every game. I think Jim won with 110 points this week or 118 points. 20 points. Yeah, versus 118. So I won by 0.24 point, point, yeah. point, I think. So, something like that. But anything around that 100 point mark will always give you a chance. So you can't have... You need more consistent players. If you score in 60 and then 150... That's just not going to get you anywhere in fantasy. So, I think I had 84 or 88 points this week. It was my lowest score, but that was without Melvin Gordon or Cooper Cup, yep. who've been my best two players. So 
I didn't think I was pulling it off this week. I, I think the opposition just had a, a worse game than I did. That's basically what it came down yep. to. I shouldn't have won that, really. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've I've sort of made a bit of a comeback So in the last few weeks in the league. That's because I've started scoring 100 points. You know, the start of the season, I was scoring 60 points in some games, 110 in other games. Um, but the last three to four weeks, I've, I've consistently got around that 100 mark. And I've had to spend loads of time on the waivers and do some trades, which I haven't had to do in previous years because, you know, lots of people out there like me will have picked Bell early in the draft and then you've had to really get creative with your with your roster. But, um, you know, it's still only halfway through the, through the fantasy season. So there is still plenty of time to move up and down your leagues, but you've got to be looking for some consistency, not for uh, just whoever was hot last week, Paul. Cheers, Gary. How did, you, how did your team... I, I won my game. I won. I also won. Uh, I, I lost. I, Paul. Fucking balls. <laughs> so just Paul lost. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Paul had balls with one point uh as a quarterback, which I'm assuming you're you're obviously you've got Russell Wilson coming back. I lost by twenty points. If I had a twenty point quarterback, I would have beaten you. Yeah. Well I mean hindsight's a bitch, mate. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um Thanks, Gilo. So uh, we're now nearing victory formation. But before we take a knee, I want to get a lock from you all for this week's games. So have you got the, have you got vision of what's coming up this week? I'll jump in early then. I'll say uh, Colts are winning away at the Raiders. I'm taking Andrew Luck over that Raiders team every day. If you want me to pick a harder one, I'm saying uh, Saints and Vikings. That's For me, that's the toughest game to call. I'm going to say the Saints squeak past the Vikings, even though it's at the Vikings. I'm going to take the one and six bowl. Oh, yeah. The 49ers versus the Cardinals. The 49ers are going to beat hard on the Cardinals. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of good matchups actually this week. Rams taking on the Packers. Um, we mentioned the Saints versus the Vikings, but I'm going to go Bears over Jets. Okay, so I think the most obvious win of the week, I'm not putting this in as mine, is the Patriots versus the Bills. That's a blatantly obvious one. Well, I thought Colts and Raiders was pretty obvious as well. That is just too obvious. Um, But I'm I'm going to really... going to have to put some faith in Blake in London, and I think they will definitely beat the Eagles. So, there you go, the Jags. Well, I've got the opposite of that. I'm... uh, but uh, as a lock, I will take skins over giants, even though it hurts me to say that. Uh, so, that's great. Thank you for listening. Uh, remember to look us up on social media. We are on Twitter at Belichick's World. We're on Facebook at Bill Belichick's World Podcast. Uh, say hi. Uh, yeah, as well, one that we have a website, www.billbelichick'sworld.com, where articles are going up all the time. Uh but yes, say, you know, let us know how your fantasy teams are doing or tell us you like the effort we put in or you hate Griff's voice or, you know, you think Gary's fantasy tips are shit. Uh, uh, just get in touch, leave us a review. Of course, we 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 are on iTunes, so we need the five-star reviews to, to progress through those charts. But never forget, it is Bill Belichick's world. We just live in it. So goodbye from me, and hopefully goodbye from uh, everyone else here. Bye. Bye. Bye.